Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. All right, Flyover family. David, are you ready for this? Oh, my my heart's ready. My mind's ready. I'm excited. I am so excited about today's episode. I think this is part six. This is the sixth time uh, that we have actually had on this specific person to go through what we are calling Lost Art Hidden Messages God is Speaking. Welcome to the show, Aaron Anton. Oh, thank you, David and Stacy. Thank you guys for having me on again today. I'm so excited to share today. This has been a lot of fun getting together with you guys. You are great encouragers. You get me excited about what I'm coming to share. So thank you guys for that. Uh, absolutely. We really do love yeah. this, Aaron. As we were, you know, just preparing, getting ready for the show today, we're like, ah. Oh. I'm so excited. Aaron is going to be on. This is a time that you are talking about, obviously, art that your dad um, has created, created many years ago, and it was lost for a while. Yeah. You found it, and now we're sharing these messages, and it's so powerful, but you're, you are taking the, they're, they're like, um, you, David calls them Easter eggs. Yeah. You know, it's like you're finding yeah. these little things in the paintings and pointing them out, and it just brings the stories to life, things that we've read about in the Bible. It really comes to life through your dad's art, and it's truly an honor to be able to have a platform that we can host this for everyone in the Flyover family to be able to see it. Oh, yeah. And I totally agree, Dave. It is like little Easter eggs. But isn't that just how God's word is, too? Like he's hidden so many things yeah. in there for us to discover that the whole Bible is that way. It just comes alive. And interestingly, the more we pursue it and pursue him, the more he reveals to us. And so it's just my honor to be able to come on here and talk about this. Um, in past episodes, obviously, I've covered in great detail the whole story of how it was lost, and then we found the paintings. But, um, you know, I'll just correct one thing, Stacy. You said my dad painted these paintings, and if you hear the whole story of just how they were created, I know that these paintings were painted by the hand of God. Woo. My dad just happened to be the vessel that it came through. And so I just pray that my life is the same way that when I, my time here on earth is over, that people say, you know, what he did in his life was just God working wow. through him and he, he got out of the way. And I feel like that's what my dad did with these paintings. So I know that, you know, people probably see the website there. You can go on there and you can get, you know, copies of the prints we've gone over in the past. You can um, get the one we're going to go over today at shawholmes.com forward slash paintings. And then you also get, if you use the flyover code, you get 48% off, which would make it $77 for one of those prints. And uh, I will send it to you wherever you want it sent. So um, hopefully you guys get those prints and you go share them with other people. I mean, the whole idea behind this is to have an opportunity to share your faith with other people. You know, you have it hanging on your living room wall or in your study at your office, at work, whatever it might be. Somebody comes in and goes, oh, what's that painting about? You can take these messages and share them with other people. And that's kind of the whole yeah. point behind and, it. And Rochley heading yes. closer to Christmas now. I mean, it's not Christmas time yet, but if you're one of these people that typically you're like, oh, I had to get something for my father-in-law or something for somebody. And you're like, 
you waited till too late and then you have to give them a, a you, you printed out a picture of what's coming in three or four days you know this is this is what you're gonna like like we've all been like, there you can break that trend now and plan ahead and you're like wow i was thought i've had this for months i've been so excited to to give it to you and and as a painter just to toot your dad's horn a, mom, a moment he, he he painted for uh ducks unlimited and and so uh, as as renowned of a person like the Tom Brady of that world, I mean, as, as many achievements and accolades as anybody can ever mm-hmm. get for his craft, yeah. he did. And then God just shifted his direction and said, I want you to do these paintings for me. And so the the, the quality of it, the mm-hmm. imagery, the, the use of light, the way it kind of comes across almost like a Thomas Kincaid painting in some ways that, you know, the painter of light is, is usage of these things. And then, uh, the, the backstory of every painting is, is given to you in a, in written form. And then, and then there's additional things to that, that we, we break down on these episodes with Aaron. So it's kind of a cool gift that you could give to somebody. There's a meaning behind mm-hmm. it, a lot of depth to it. It's not just checking off a box. It, it, it has a lot. Then you can even give them the episode that talks about that specific yeah. painting. So it makes it, you know, a, a you get a lot more value, you know, than mm-hmm. just the, the the dollar spent. It's a great gift. And if you want to see past oh. episodes, you can go to theflyoverapp.com. All of the episodes are together. You just go to Lost Art, Hidden Images, God is Speaking, and all of our past six, I guess it'd be five previous to that, and this one will be in there. So six of them will be there. So you can see all of them. If you missed any in the past, you want to hear it because they are very powerful and it really does bring the Bible to life. So, all right, Aaron, what are we going to talk about today? I cannot wait to learn. All right. All right. Well, you know, a lot of people don't know that there was a very pivotal change in the ministry of Jesus as he went through his entire earthly ministry. It happens in Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 through 37. That is where the pivot happens. And if you've ever gone through the book of Matthew, you may not have even realized it because when we read with our Gentile eyes, sometimes we don't hear what's said through the Hebrew culture. Mm -hmm. And so there was a very pivotal moment that happened. If you go back and read the book now, after I'm telling you this, you'll realize that in the first 12 chapters, Jesus was trying to talk to the house of Israel. He was talking to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And everything he was doing, he was trying to show them through signs and wonders. He was showing them through very clear and direct teaching. Like if you look at the Sermon on the Mount and some of the ways that he taught, it was very literal teaching. Well, then we get to Matthew chapter 12 and something pivotal happens. And after this pivotal moment, from that point forward, Jesus was done speaking to the house of Israel. He didn't speak to them for the rest of the book. From chapter 13, the parable of the sower is the beginning of it. And literally, the disciples come to him and go, what are you doing? We invited all these people here to hear you teach. It's kind of like if you were telling your buddy, hey, I got this guy you got to hear. He's the most amazing speaker you're ever going to hear. And then they show up and he's like the Riddler. You know, if you ever watched the Riddler from Batman when you were a kid, you're like, you know, I didn't even understand any of those riddles. And even after they would explain it in the Batman episode, I was yeah, like, that. I don't understand. What? Those are the old Adam but, West ones. Yeah. 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 And then it's like, so Jesus like literally becomes the Riddler and all the people are just scratching their head. Can you imagine the conversations like, you know, Peter invited like his in-laws to come <laughs> check it out. And then he's, they're like, we didn't understand a single thing he said. What was he talking about? And Peter's going back to Jesus going, what are you doing, bro? Like, <laughs> you get to say yep. something they can understand, you know? So this was a moment that happened. And 
basically what happened here was that we, we, when we read it, we find out what happened was what's called the unpardonable sin. And if I just can remind you guys a little bit of this, I'm going to read a little bit of this scripture. It says in verse 22, then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, is not this the son of David? So this is a really interesting moment. The, the phrase, is this not the son of David, was reserved for them saying, it's like them saying, this is the Messiah, isn't it? This has to be the Messiah. Mm. Well, why is the trigger point for that Jesus healing a man or delivering a man who is possessed of the devil and he's blind and dumb, meaning he can't speak? It's because in Jewish culture, there were three types of miracles that Jesus or, or the Messiah would do that would let them know he was the Messiah. One of them was to cast the devil out of somebody who cannot speak. If you remember in, there's other stories in scripture where Jesus asks a demonically possessed person, what is your name? And he says, I am legion for we are many. Well, as soon as he knew the name, he could cast it out, right? right. Mm -hmm. Well, well, back in Hebrew culture, they used to be able to cast out demons by their name if the person could speak, but only the Messiah would cast a demon out when it was a dumb person who couldn't speak. So this was a messianic tip-off to them, and that's why the immediate response of the people standing there is, is this not the son of David? Is this not the Messiah? Another one is, and I won't get to the third one today, but another one oh, is... Oh, man! <laughs> the, uh, that's going to be for a different one, okay? Okay. But another, another tip-off is, is resurrecting the dead. Okay. And so this is a very interesting moment here because Jesus goes through resurrecting um, Lazarus, right? That's already happened once and they should have been tipped off then. Then he himself, of course, is resurrected later. There's one more resurrection that's coming that's a very interesting one. And this is actually the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 13. And that, remember, if you know your scripture, that is the moment when all of the Jews will realize they missed it. Mm -hmm. They missed the Messiah the first time. It's going to be when the two witnesses are killed in Revelation chapter 13, and then they're resurrected. And so um, this is a moment, though, what do they do? The, the Pharisees kind of get together and they go, what's going on here? And then in verse 24, it says, but when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself itself shall not stand. So, and if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? So then if we kind of read on down, I'm going to skip down a little bit. In verse 31, it says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. So mm -hmm. these are very, very harsh words that yep. Jesus uses. And if you read your scripture from this point on in Matthew, 
he starts to talk to them and say, this wicked and adulterous generation. This is a generational thing that happens to the house of Israel at this moment. If you notice from this point forward, he starts talking in parables and he only starts working with his disciples because he realizes I have to go a different route. I can't go through the house of Israel. I'm going to have to come back to them later. Now I'm going to go to the Gentiles and to the disciples. And guess what? You and I are those people. And that's still what he's doing Mm -hmm. is going through us to reach the world. Right? So this parable called the parable of the sower is in Matthew chapter 13. We get into the very next chapter there. And Jesus starts telling this parable called the parable of the sower. And It's really interesting. Jesus actually says, look, guys, this is the parable that will unlock every other parable I'm going to give you. It is literally the key to understanding the kingdom of God. If you don't know this parable, how will you know any parable? How will you know anything about how the kingdom of God works? And there were 40 parables that he went through in the following chapters. And uh, interestingly, they're in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John does not record any parables which is very interesting because if you think about it, he doesn't record any parables, but if there was ever a book that was hidden to the unbeliever, it's the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. And that, I believe, is his parable book. The whole book is like opening up things to believers who can understand, and those who don't see can't see it, and those who do see can see it. So um, anyway, so in Matthew chapter 13, he goes into this parable, and I'm going to read it to you here, starting in verse 1. It says, on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. It's interesting because he literally says, I went out of the house of Israel. Mm-hmm. And he says, and sat by the sea. And in the book of Revelation, sea stands for the Gentiles. The sea, whenever they talk about the sea, is Gentiles. So he literally goes out of the house of Israel and sits by the Gentiles. And great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So then this next section, starting in verse 10, is where the disciples are like, what is going on? Why are you speaking? Why are you the Riddler all of a sudden? So he says, and the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, Mm -hmm. but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. By the way, this is a tip of the hat to the parable of the talents, if you've read that scripture, um, where he takes away the talents that are given to the ones who don't use it. In verse 13, he says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and not understand, seeing you'll see and not perceive. 
For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For assuredly, and I'm going to just pause here for a moment and say in verse 16, this is the moment that all of creation has literally been waiting for. For the Son of God, for God himself to be standing in front of them. They've been worshiping this book Mm -hmm. called the Torah and the Pentateuch for centuries, waiting for God to come to them. And he's standing in front of them, speaking the very words they've longed to hear. And they literally can't hear what he's saying. This is the moment that all of creation has been waiting for. But aren't we blessed that we get to hear the very words of God and understand them? So here he explains it in verse 18. He says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred, some 60, and some 30. So here we have them receiving this word, and it either produces fruit or it doesn't produce fruit. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that, you know, Jesus kind of, I think sometimes people read this and they go, why did he not talk to people plainly so that they could hear? And, um, you know, there were other times that God used a similar type of thing. If you remember when the children of Israel are walking through the, the wilderness and the Egyptians are coming after them, they have the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day that separates those who don't believe from those who do believe. Mm-hmm. It's like the rear guard. It's the protection against mm-hmm. this evil. Well, that's what understanding God's word is to you. When you understand the parables, you understand how the kingdom of God works. It's your protection against the world that stands outside of that pillar of fire, right? We've got this pillar of fire called the understanding that we have. So, um, you know, why is Jesus sitting there teaching to him in in parables like this? It's because there is always going to be those people who are diligently seeking him and those who are not. And so he puts a very distinct separation, so much so that he says to the house of Israel, I'm done talking to you. I've been talking to you and you're not listening. I am done speaking to you. And he literally is done for several thousand years. That's crazy that this happens in the middle of Matthew chapter 12. And thank God it did because it opened the door for those of us who were not born into the house of Israel, right? What an honor. So, um, So he graciously, though, gives it to the disciples of Christ. They're allowed to be acquainted with what he calls the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Knowledge is the gift of God, and it's a distinguishing gift that he gives. It was given to the apostles because they were constant followers and attendants Mm -hmm. to him. Well, if you're not a constant follower and attender to his word, guess what? 
you're not going to see. The more you you push into God's word, the more you're going to see and understand. So, um, you know, the nearer we draw closer to Christ or talk with him and listen to him, the better acquainted we get with these mysteries. Mm-hmm. And, it's like any relationship, um, you know, Aaron, yeah. like if I'm spending time with David, the more time I spend with him, the more I know him, the more like, you know, even, you know, Jesus says, you know, my followers know my voice, you know, and it's like when David, like we could be in a crowded room and and he says something I could pick out of all of the people speaking, I could pick him out because I know him. But also we can communicate a lot with the subtlest thing, even just a word or, you know, just a a little thing. And Mm -hmm. we know like change the conversation, move, stay away from like, there's a, there's so much that can Mm -hmm. happen because we're so tuned in Mm -hmm. to even the smallest thing, you know, which is, you know, some people, you know, they give their testimony. Like I got to a place where God had to, you know, like his, his, his voice was so far from me, you know, that it, it was, it was hard for me, you know, versus like, you know, the, the, the smallest nudge, mm-hmm. you know, you're sensitive to a spirit. It's like, we, we've all probably been in, in one extreme or, or the other of those. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you guys know each other so well, if somebody came to Dave and said, you know, Stacy said this and it wasn't something, you know, her character to be, mm-hmm. you'd be like, she didn't say that, yep. you know, because you have that intimacy of absolutely. knowing her in a way that, you know, her character. And that's how we get with God when we let him reveal himself through his mm-hmm. word to us. So um, in this image, if you want to bring back up that image again of the painting, uh, my dad depicted these four different types of soil in the four quadrants of the picture. So on the bottom left quadrant, these are what he called the wayside folks. These are people who have immediate rejection. You can see in the lower left there, you see that shadowy figure there. You see the shadow on the ground and you can see the 13 blackbirds that are Mm -hmm. there and they are stealing away the seed from the hearer. And that shadow figure that's just outside of the scene where you can see his influence, but not tell who he is, obviously, is the deceiver. That is Satan who comes immediately to steal away the word that is sown, right? Man, these are awesome. I know. This is amazing. (laughs) So, And that's what the wayside people are. They're the ones who, when they heard, Satan comes immediately and takes it away. I mean, there's so many people we know in our lives that that's what happens. You try and share the word with them, and it's like, boom, it just hits this brick wall and comes back to you, right? Now, the top left quadrant there, these are the stony ground folks. They are the people who have immediate acceptance of the word, but delayed rejection. Other people Mm. sometimes cause their rejection. So they seem to be very attentive in this image. They're listening and hearing the word. They accept it as truth at this moment, but the falling away from that will happen later. And in the verse, it says, and these are they likewise that are sown on stony ground, who when they've heard, they receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves and so endure, but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they're offended. Now, there's five different plays that the devil brings to you to try and get you off and get you away from God's word. And the first two I just pointed out are sort of that, you know, you have no root in yourself, so you immediately reject it. And that, you know, happens. And then you've got the ones who, you know, immediately receive it, but then later reject it. And both of those, you know, come from outside influences, persecution, affliction. Those are the things that cause it. The next ones that caused you to miss out on what God, God's best is for you are self, uh, you know, 
things that you bring upon yourself, unfortunately. So when we go to the bottom right quadrant here, um, or sorry, the, uh, the top right quadrant here, these are the stony ground folks. Their current circumstances cause rejection. Mm-hmm. So you yourself as the hearer cause the rejection. There's Pharisees in this group that you can see in the back right yep. corner there. Um, that notice there's a person dealing with his mules. He's trying to help, you know, with his mules he's got. There's a guy who appears to be missing a leg. There's another one who, you know, they're just talking amongst themselves. And so the idea here is that these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And there's only one out of the four categories, though, that end up being fruitful. So of the five things that cause rejection, two of them are persecution and affliction, which come from other people. The next three are self-inflicted problems, which are the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things. But then there's this bottom right quadrant, which are the good ground folks. They immediately accept God's word as being true, and they have long term held on to it, and they start growing fruit in their life. I mean, we all know if we plant a tree in the ground and, you know, two, you know, two years later, you transplant it somewhere else. And a year later, you transplant it again, like you're not going to grow fruit. Nope. Long term is what grows fruit. And so... These are those that are going to produce 160 or 30 fold because they have ears to hear. So this is a thing that I think a lot of people don't really think about. But every time you hear God's word, you have an opportunity to be good ground or bad ground. Mm -hmm. Now, if you remember from the painting of the temptation, I talked about how the temptation of Christ where Satan came to him and gave him Satan's words, Jesus had an opportunity to take those words and be good ground or bad ground for those words that Satan brought to him. Just like Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. Satan came to them and he they had an opportunity to take Satan's word and let Satan's word be good ground or bad ground you know, for them. And so obviously Adam and Eve failed. Jesus did not. Yep. But this is like the reverse of the parable of the sower. So one of the things I just want to point out is like steps to getting more fruit from God's word in your life. Because I think there's a couple really simple things. The first one is so simple. I think most people will miss it. I think you got to write it down. I think you got to make it in big, bold letters. I think you got to put it on the mirror where you get ready in the morning. I think you got to put it in your car as a note on the dashboard. But it's so simple, it's so easy to miss. Mm. Are you ready for it? Ready. <laughs> you want more fruit in your life, put more seed in the ground. Mm. It's so simple. If you got a 25% chance of it producing fruit, just put more seed in the ground. Right. Read God's word more often. Don't read what other people said about God's word. Don't listen to what other people said. You read it yourself and let him speak to you. That's the whole point, right? Great. Put more seed in Mm -hmm. the ground. The seed is not the problem. You notice here, it doesn't talk about the problem with the seed. It talks about the problem with the soil. That's your heart and how it receives it. The seed is imperishable imperishable and incorruptible. It is the incorruptible seed of God's word. And don't forget, Jesus is the word himself. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is him literally. The second way you can do this is make the bad soil good. 
What do you do about bad soil? In a natural setting, a farmer goes out and he plucks the rocks out of the field. He pulls the weeds. He gets the cares of this world out. He gets the lust of other things under control. He gets the deceitfulness of riches under control. You can do those three things, the cares of this world, lust of other things, and deceitfulness of riches. You can get that out of your life and make the bad soil good. So put more seed in the ground and make the bad soil good. And I want to end today, I just want to kind of wrap up here with a prayer for everybody that's listening. And I I believe this is a spirit-inspired prayer, and I just want to pray it over everybody who's listening today. So Jesus, you said, blessed are we because our ears hear and our eyes see. So we ask you to open the eyes of our understanding today. We ask for you to open our ears to so that we hear the voice of your spirit, the comforter, the guide who's on the inside. We ask you to arm us with the weapons of your warfare, to arm us with your world-changing, heaven-shaking, devil-quaking, power-packed word. Make our mouths the sheath of the sword of the Spirit so that we may use it to strike down the demons and devils that are holding on to the lies of this last election, the lies of this war in the Ukraine, the lies of the World Economic Forum. Let God be true and every man a liar. I call every word that rises up against your plans to nothing. I send all those plans back to the pit of hell from where they came. And I declare God's perfect will to come to full fruition in my life and in the lives of your children that are listening right now. In this world you gave us once and then gave us a second time at the cross at Calvary. I call each of the believers under the sound of this broadcast to rise up and take their position seated with Jesus in heavenly places and that they would begin to decree and declare your eternal purposes in their lives from your word this day forward, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, that is so powerful. Aaron, thank you so much for your time. Always, as always, I learned a lot. I took a bunch of notes and excited to be able to apply them. So Flyover Family, go to shawholmes.com forward slash paintings, shawholmes.com forward slash paintings. Use promo code flyover and you can get them for $77. Thanks again for your time, Aaron. We really appreciate it. Our founding fathers, of the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Flyover family, join me every Wednesday for the Prophetic Report at 1111 Central. You can find it on Rumble. You can find it on the Flyover app. We have such an incredible time of hearing from all of these different prophetic voices like Robin Bullock, Julie Green, Barry Wunsch, Amanda Grace, and Hank Kuhneman. 
every week it's either five or six different prophets that are speaking and what's interesting is God is speaking through them and all of these voices come together like puzzle pieces. It is so exciting to hear what the Lord is saying. We're hearing from medical. We're hearing from military intelligence. We're hearing from the financial world. We're hearing from mainstream media. But the most important is, what is God saying? He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 1111. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. The the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? (laughs) Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a (laughs) handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. And on the Flyover Conservative Podcast, one of our main focuses, matter of fact, the original focus, why we started this whole show is, is we started noticing there was a big difference between the way certain people approach problems and the way others approach yes. them. We saw, you know, uh, doctors, Dr. Mark Sherwood, Dr. Zev Zelenko got, you know, got so blessed to be able to, to, to mm-hmm. meet him, uh, while he was still, still alive. Saw so many people that were approaching this global pandemic a certain way with tremendous success. Mm-hmm. And then we would see the the death ticker on the television. We're like, and this we're is like, not making sense at all. Like there's apparently these guys know something you don't. Why don't you guys interview these guys yep. and put it together? It was never going to happen. That was the biggest reason we even started this and to kind of, you know, election things, military intelligence, a little bit of uh, religious, what's going on there, you know, what the church leaders doing, how they're approaching these problems in the world and have the kind of conversations that are not on mainstream media. And the reason I, I have this disgusting little figure mm. out here today is because it's kind of, he's, he's, he's kind of popping his weaselly little head out from his little hole wherever he's been for a while and uh, using his flip-flop double speak. This mask, two masks, no mask, masks don't help, three masks. Yep. You know, what uh, uh, What did you tell me to say again? Oh, yes. And That's just kind of good, babe. Well, yeah, you just got to kind of go there. <laughs> and, and we have just had an incredible blessing to be able to meet people that have thought through all of mm-hmm. these tough topics and have solutions. And, and unfortunately, we probably, like a lot of you, lost people. Yeah. over these last two, three years. And you're like, no, don't go in there. Don't get on the protocol. The protocol might be more dangerous than what you're trying mm-hmm. to 
overcome. And so you need good answers. You need people in your corner. You need somebody kind of build your boat before it rains. And with this guy coming back on the scene, Does it look dun, good? Dun, 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 you know, you need people that can help you mm-hmm. counterbalance that. And we have today someone we respect a ton from the great state of Minnesota, one of the most conservative Minnesotans yes. that I know, Dr. Troy Spurl. Thanks for having me. Yes, welcome back to the show. We had great responses from people that actually uh, met you and uh, and had experience with your practice. So that's pretty exciting. Awesome. Thank you for for taking care of the flyover family. Yes, oh, and I want to get into this guy here just a little bit. Um, um, we'll put the link from our last recording down below. This it was phenomenal. Uh, you you have this philosophy of of helping people go from good to great. You have this feeling that that that, that we were created by God. And there's kind of a blueprint for how we're supposed to work. We kind of need to get out of the way and work with that as much as possible. But but uh, I got questions about this stuff coming. But let's jump into your – tell people just quickly about your practice, what you do, what kind of a, a doctor are you? Are you like Dr. Jill Biden? What kind of – like, what, what kind of a doctor are you? I love this question. I'm just going to easily sum it up by saying I'm the opposite of Dr. Jill Biden. That's part of it. We already love you. Yes. (laughs) We do functional medicine and uh, we have chiropractors, nurse practitioners, nurses, um, all kinds of different uh, therapies that are geared towards the actual uh, optimizing of the health. So we, in functional medicine, we have a premise that uh, how God made us uh, is, is good. And when communication is good mentally, chemically, physically, and spiritually, you're in a good state of health. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a breakdown in communication, that's when dysfunction occurs and we can measure dysfunction, therefore preventing disease. I love and it. So that's what we're looking at. It's just optimizing what we've got. And so we look at it from many different levels. And you handled COVID different than a lot of uh, other practices. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So early on, um, and I'll, I'll uh, I'll back up just a little bit, but uh, when I get stuck or just leading uh, uh, the business as CEO, I pray a lot. So when I get stuck, I ask a better question. Mm-hmm. And when I was in prayer, God just put it on my heart that I needed to hire a, a nurse practitioner. And we didn't really have the budget for it. We didn't really have uh, uh, what we needed even. And it it turned into uh, she ran our COVID protocol for all the doctors in town here that really did not want to onboard their patients. And very, very early on, I, I was fortunate enough to meet with Dr. Peter McCullough when he was just mm. before he testified at the Senate. We had dinner together and uh, with a group of other local doctors. And I was on board with what he was saying and mm-hmm. he saw what we saw. And so we just uh, we had a very let's treat early. Let's focus on the stuff that boosts your immune system. Let's manage the virus in the first five days, then manage the inflammation that comes in day five to 10, then manage the, the blood clotting. And it ended up being the right way to, to approach it. And my wife, who worked in the hospital, saw what we were doing versus what they were doing. Mm. And it became a no-brainer very, very quickly. We knew we were having success. Good. Wow, that's you know, huge. And, and that makes all the difference in the world. What First and foremost, what, what, what we saw is when people there was so much buildup on the news there was almost when it when the first started coming out when like I don't know a different newscast I don't know who got it some some famous person I don't remember who it was but it was like <gasps> so like maybe Tom Hanks or somebody I you think know that's who and we it's, first like, heard about. it's like it's like it's like oh Tom Hanks got it's almost like 
like, oh, you know, it was, it was almost like, like a, a they, death sentence. They treated it like a death sentence. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was a language of death. There was the emotion of death around it. Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, for sure, I wouldn't want to talk that way to someone I loved and cared about if they mm-hmm. had something. I would want to be like, hey, we're going to get through this. What are the options? What are the, how are we going to, you know, like this, the, the language on the two camps, you know, was so different. And I think starting out, you come at it from prayer, and I don't think you're yeah. fearful. Mm-mm. There's nothing no. fearful about you. No, and that was, I will say this, the media was very convincing, but because of my past experience with media, I knew not to trust them. And it was because of my faith that I, I leaned in, and then I found people like Dr. Z, who are talking about uh, hydroxychloroquine right away, yeah. these genius doctors who who were speaking truth. And there was even... I remember early on on YouTube, a uh, emergency room doctor who basically came out and saying, don't do the vent. This is acting like a high altitude sickness type scenario. He was right. And he got canceled. It was actually that cancellation and Dr. Z, some of his information that and then prayer that just solidified. I knew we were right. And I constantly was being bombarded and and not like attacked, but basically Mm -hmm. questioned vigorously by my patients, my family, everyone. And they just thought I was nuts because we, after the second week, put a big sign on our door and we're a medical facility that said mask off Minnesota. And so we we just said, this is a, um, you you got to choose if you want to wear a mask, that's fine. But we were not mandating it. So of course, coming from the state of Minnesota, that did not go over well. Wow. No kidding. That's brave. I I love that. So obviously we're starting to see Fauci more. There's um, you know, rumors of lockdowns and we've seen some colleges that are masking up, um, you know, so I think the city of Nashville already put up some squares, they some put up some six foot you know, apart from each other, you know, so if, if this does come down the pike, uh, will you be doing anything different and what's your recommendation to people? So nothing different from what we did before. So I'm just going to briefly give people some ammunition as far as the masks. Um, they, they just don't work. They actually can increase the spread. And so let me walk through that a little bit. In the hospital system, they do something called a fit test. They fit you to see if the mask is working well enough. And even this goatee is enough to cause a gap for mm. the virus to get out. So you, if you don't pass a fit test, which none of the cloth masks would do, none of the masks they wear would do, even the, the uh, really good masks, they saturate after 15 minutes. So once you wear it and you breathe through it, it becomes useless. You're not allowed to wear it from room to room in the hospital. So wearing it daily doesn't do any Mm -hmm. good. And if it doesn't fit, what do people do? They go in and they're putting their hands all over their face where they're breathing, where the virus is. You're actually spreading it more. Mm -hmm. So it absolutely is ridiculous to even think that the masks help. Felchie said it himself and he backtracked because he didn't want to um, have people not take the vaccine or whatever it was. And so people really need to push back. This is on us now. This is on us as a people to not be okay with this. If the mm-hmm. airlines do anything, we need to push back. You need to cancel the actual flights. You need to find a different way because it, it's kind of like the emperor has no clothes scenario. When you can yeah. see it plain as day, you got to yell it out. Yep. And you kind of could tell early, you know, uh, not maybe the first month or second month, but pretty early in the process, you could tell like, there, I remember it's one specific night, we were at a restaurant, we're waiting outside, they're calling number, you know, names for people to go in and, and there's like a big deck. 
nobody had masks on. I mean, maybe one or two out of like 30. Mm-hmm. And they called this couple's name, the husband and wife, and she gets down her purse and pulls out this raggedy old Petri dish of a thing. And he had something in his back pocket. And they both, okay, I put this on. And, and, they, and, and I could tell, like, there's something, though, that's dangerous about yes. externally complying with something you know is a lie. Yep, you know, absolutely. and I'm like, that's a, there's something broken about this mm-hmm. situation. And I, I hope we learned from that on this next go around. But I think there's this gap though, between, because if they could have just said, okay, we're put your finger on your nose when you go to your table and you sit down, you can take it off because then you're, you're free and complying with that. When you know, it's wrong, you know, it's a lie. You know, I, I think it empowers darkness in a mm-hmm. way. It absolutely does. At this point, we're complicit in it because I've always taught my kids it's okay to make a mistake. We're imperfect, but learn from the mistake. And so at this point, we can't be complicit because we know what mistakes were made. And at this, if if we have our leadership that's pushing something that they know is a, a mistake, that's why everyone comes out and says it's an agenda because they're either incompetent or it's an agenda. Mm-hmm. And so it, we just can't be complicit mm-hmm. with it at this point. That is good. Can, can you give a prescription for that or something? So if somebody says, hey, we really want you to do this. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I actually have doctor's orders. Yeah, My I doctor do said I, I'm not to comply with stupidity because it's contagious <laughs> and I don't want to catch it. I mean, can you can you I think that those? falls under the Second Amendment somewhere? So yeah, it's got I, can't, to. I can't actually do that. That's funny. OK, so I have a question for you. Before we started recording, um, you were talking a little bit about inflammation and inflammation seems to be a major problem in our country, probably our world. Um can you address that? And uh, what are some symptoms of inflammation that people can look for? And what are some things that they can do to help if they have inflammation? Yeah, I love this because inflammation uh, through the whole COVID uh, scenario, inflammation has skyrocketed. So whenever you hear something like itis, I-T-I-S, at the end of of a word, that means inflammation. Myocarditis, that's inflammation of the heart system and the cardiovascular system. Okay. So we saw that go through the roof with COVID in America and Canada and Mexico in particular. Inflammation has always been really high and is one of the common denominators with all diseases, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune disease. It's a part and parcel with all of that. So I want to just focus on what you can do because your immune system does two things. It fights infection and manages inflammation. Okay. So if it's busy managing inflammation, what can it not do? Mm. Fight infection. Yep. Just by decreasing your inflammation, you're now boosting your immune system to fight whatever's coming. And one of the things we now know is that COVID does actually uh, decrease or downregulate part of our immune system, similar to like AIDS, not as bad, but similar to AIDS, where we become more um, susceptible to other infections, even past infections. Like if you had mono as a kid, it actually can decrease the antibodies to protect you from getting mono again. Oh, so we have to reduce our inflammation to help our immune systems. Best thing you can do. So if you have inflammation, it can be anything from muscle soreness. Uh, it can be headaches is, is inflammation. It can be shortness of breath, uh, weight gain. If you start gaining weight and you haven't changed diet or anything, that's a sign of inflammation. Inflammation equals fat. It will eventually turn into fat in most people. Mm. That's not good. Uh, that's not good because mm-hmm. the more, and that's why a lot of the markers like of obesity and things like that, you're more predisposed to other conditions. 
So inflammation really manifests in a lot of different ways as far as pain as well. Pain is usually the last one, last part of it though. So that's, mm. that's a good thing. People will say I'm, I'm healthy because I'm not in pain. And that's not entirely true. One of the things that people can do right away to improve their inflammation is look at their sleep. Now, I've mm. seen a lot of people end up with sleep disorders in the, in the last three years just from the stress. They may not have even gotten COVID, may not have gotten the vaccine, may not have had anything other than heightened stress because of the world we live in. Yeah. Stress can cause sleep disruption. Sleep is where our immune system goes in and takes care of the day's inflammation. So let me walk you through just a few things. If you are waking up not feeling rested, that's a sign of a sleep disorder. If you can't remember that you dream, you don't necessarily have to remember the dreams, but if you can't remember that you're dreaming, that's a sleep disorder. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some strange ones too. If you actually start gaining weight around your knees and kneecaps, that's a sign of a sleep disorder. Uh, also, if you kind of wake up choking a rapid heart rate, that's, that's also a potential sleep disorder. And so uh, we want to make sure people are, are sleeping deeply. It's not how long you sleep. It's, it's the quality of the sleep. Uh, one other quick little tidbit to improve your sleep and your inflammation in your cardiovascular system, breathe through your nose. When, when we're mouth breathers like that, it actually bypasses a reflex that improves what's called nitric oxide. That's a, a really important chemical in our blood that helps it dilate. So just by practicing breathing through your nose and slowing down your breathing helps with deep sleep, helps with cardiovascular inflammation. That's a big, big takeaway. A lot of us with stress, we, we breathe too quickly. It's rapid. And we actually don't uh, do a good job of exchanging oxygen and carbon dioxide. So sleep is by far the most important thing for inflammation. Now to Huge. get, to get in the loop in your world, uh, I'm going to pull up your website and tell people where they can go. Now you can help people that live outside of, of Minnesota. You don't have to be just like, you don't service just Vikings yeah. fans, right? It's like, no, no, we have the majority of our patients are not Vikings fans. Cause we, we see people from 50 different States and 12 wow. countries currently. So they, they come from all over. That's incredible. So you can go to official synapse. Dot com and that's S-Y-N-A-P-S-E dot com. Where would you direct them on your website? If somebody's like, I want to know more about your practice, I want to know more, uh, wh what would you direct them to do? Well, there, first of all, just when it comes to boosting your immune system, I go through the basics in a four-minute video on the bottom of the website where there's those cells there. Okay. Your immune system under the microscope, it shows you how powerful your immune system is and the importance of water, the importance of feeding your immune system with antioxidants. So that's a good uh, place to start. And then we have a media section that has um, podcasts on different topics uh, over the last couple of years on different from we've done sleep many times, thyroid, hormone health, all the different things from a functional perspective to really help you boost your uh, immune system and, and your overall health to prevent disease. That's the best Best place to start is the media section. I'm I'm huge about educating people on how to take care of themselves. I love that. So if somebody would like to actually yeah. get a hold of your office, what are the steps they need to take? Just click on the free discovery call button and then follow the prompts. Okay, perfect. You make it so easy. I know. We try. That is awesome. I, I do love it that you guys have great systems and infrastructure to be able to handle an influx of things. But um, again, I want to just encourage people. It's it's. The, the best time to build your boat is not in the middle of a rainstorm mm -hmm. in the middle of a, you know, a flood. Yeah. You, you, this is a, a, the the kind of thing. Like if I, if I knew Dr. Troy was going to come here and punch me in the stomach, 
Like the best thing that I could do, I could be in fearful and chew my nails. I could try to hide from True. him. I could start talking trash about him, you know, or maybe I could put like a cutting board under my shirt and like prepare myself for that <laughs> might happening. Good. And that's kind of, you know, what his processes do, whether it's this or something, we're, we're designed to be exposed to things. You go to the gym, you're getting stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so build your body up to be prepared for whatever comes next. That's what these guys help you do to just, just thicken up, strengthen up your immune system so that you can handle whatever comes stuff. They've not even invented yet could, you know, be protecting yourself from. Dr. Troy, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Hello and welcome to Synapse. My name is Dr. Troy Spurrell, founder of Synapse. We've been here since 1998 and I want to welcome you to our community, our health community. Here at Synapse, we take a functional approach to helping each and every one of our patients. We're going to look at the mental, chemical, and physical side of your health and become the problem solver to work with you on getting you better. Many, many people travel from all over the country, in fact, from many different countries to come here. And the reason is because of our ability to problem solve and help you, especially with more challenging scenarios. So whether it be something that is as simple as back pain or something functional that's just debilitating in life, we're here to help you. Our founding fathers evolved the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. If you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. All right, let's get our stuff together here. Hi, I'm David White. <laughs> if we can skip the hi, my name's David part, because that's where I got it tend to derail. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> but I did good. See, look. First thing says, say your name. Say your name. <laughs> say your name, David White. Have you been wondering what to do with the spare time you have on Saturday mornings? Have I got a way for you to fill that time? Not cleaning your garage, folding your laundry, or doing something with yourself. Filling your head with worthless information about what may or may not have happened 5,000 years ago. Have you ever wondered about ancient civilizations or about chemtrails in the sky or have you ever had a friend at, at school talk to you about friend at school <laughs> some days when you're sitting there with your lunch pail and you're talking to your friend at school they, they bring up your flat earth and you think it's a flat I don't know if your flat earth is flat or not I don't know alligators are angry because they got all those teeth and no toothbrush and it's all true and we talk about it every Saturday <laughs> we talk about Rubik's cubes and stuff <laughs> We like to have conversations with people that have made documentaries, written books. Oh, this is terrible. I can like feel myself hating watching this later. Okay, give me a swoosh. Let's do this thing for real this time. I got a show for you. <laughs> my, my, hang on, my, my eyes red now. You won't be able to tell in there. Peter can fix it. He can run it through a filter. 
Can't even run it through the Brad Pitt filter and get rid of the, my red eye. Oh, I'm probably doing the world a disservice. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.